what would appear to be opposing ideas, opposing teachings are actually by God's designment to keep us balanced. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church Podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor Podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. Listen, if you have your Bible, go ahead and uh, turn with me if you can to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Uh, what I want to talk about today is, is certainly not flashy and it's certain, certainly nothing new, but I think it's really important. So if you can, stir your hunger, stir your passion, and just simply say these words in your own heart, God talked to me today. Yes, because I believe when we, when we pull up to the table of God, He has the ability to speak. Yeah? yeah? Amen. If you don't have your Bible, I would encourage you to start bringing your Bible and don't depend on the screen. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's pray. Father, we thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for every person that's here. Father, we just pray today, God, that as we come in your house, that we would stir our passion, that we would stir our hunger and our desire to hear from you. God, we want to be people, God, who walk with you. And uh, Lord, we're not here to play games, but God, we're here to be equipped. We're here to be trained. God, we're here to hear your voice and encounter you. And Lord, we believe that the outcome of all of those things are pretty great. And so Holy Spirit, come today with your anointing. And we just ask, God, that every year and every heart, God, would just listen and uh, and not only just listen, but be willing to apply the word and do the word. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for life change. So Jesus, we just make room for you today. Say what you want to say. Do what you want to do. Have your way in our hearts. Holy Spirit, we love you and we just love you, love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Let's read Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. Talking about Jesus. And a certain woman named Martha, somebody say Martha, Martha. says Martha welcomed him into her house and she had a sister called Mary, somebody say Mary, Mary. says who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Says, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen the good part, which will not be taken away from her. All right. Wave your hand at me if you've heard that scripture before. Awesome. Pretty much most of you. Listen, I'm not uh, quite sure what comes to your mind when you hear uh, that particular passage of scripture. But for years when I heard it, I just kind of went along with the old, you know, typical church narrative, right? And, uh, and today, maybe, uh, Candace, go ahead and come on up. Candace going to help me out today. We're uh, getting the band back together, and we're going to have a little bit of fun. But uh, it'll be really quick. But uh, everybody say hi, Candace. Hi. Candace and I used to lead a youth ministry together for years. And, uh, and so we, we, anyways, so we've had a lot of fun together and we won't have as much fun this morning, but it'll be okay. <laughs> anyways, so listen, so for years when I heard this passage of scripture, once again, you know, I just came into the church and I heard a certain version of this. Maybe you're familiar with it, but it kind of goes like this and, and she's going to help me out here. But, but it, it's the, it's the one that depicts Martha as if she's, uh, you know, some kind of busted looking lady who's resembled a combination of, of uh, Mr. Clean and Quasimodo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame, right? And in spite of her having the incredible opportunity of having Jesus in her house, watch this, she, she was just aimlessly wandering in the background, dragging her dead leg, 
drooling on herself, don't do that one, uh, with a mop and a wooden bucket in hand. All right, you can pause for a minute. Now, now listen, I'll admit that, that maybe that's a little bit of exaggeration, but um, it, there's no doubt that, that, listen, that she is viewed as this homely-looking lady, uh, not saying that it's you, with her hair in a bun, and, uh, man, her clothes are all a mess, and, and she's all sweaty, and she's grimy with all, you know, from all that hard work. Uh, but most importantly, Martha tends to be seen as, as more of this gal that's a busybody that's wound too tight, and it's assumed that everything important to her is simply this. It's a task that has to be accomplished. Anybody ever heard that version before, something along, along those lines? So, let me maybe say this. Uh, of course, li- listen, th- this description of Martha uh, makes, you know, really spiritual people extremely disappointed in her. So watch this. So every time they hear her name, they, they uh, you know, shake their heads, they roll their eyes, and, uh, and they mutter under their breath, Oh, Martha, as if they pity her for being so spiritually ignorant. Is that true? Listen, but all that appointment, now you got to change, ready? All that, all that disappointment, uh, whatever, quickly lifts once they hear verse 42. And, and because of this, because the very mention of Mary's name, somebody say Mary. Mary, Mary right? It, it, just, it just brings a fresh ray of sunshine in the room, right? After all, it, in this passage, is she not the poster child of, of true worship? Right? It's, it's, it's like, look, she is seen as a, as a pure woman who doesn't have a care in the world. It's like, man, her hair and her clothes are pristine. And with the elegance, man, she just sits at the feet of Jesus in perfect peace as she breathes in the very fragrance of heaven. So the, the, the point, though, here about Mary is this like, man, th- this chick gets it, right? She, she understands it. Unlike her sister Martha, Mary, she's, she has a real spiritual depth, right? That she uh, really loved and adored Jesus. Right? Anybody ever heard that? Right? So, so once again, it's like, when you step back and think about it, it's like, it's a wonder that these two women actually came from the same womb. It's like, how in the world, you, you know, they're, they're nothing alike, and they couldn't be any more different. They're polar opposites. And, uh, you, you know, from that, let me say this, from that premises, that assumption, that view of this passage of Scripture, um, I don't know how many people I've heard over the years, once again, with that view in mind, that have said with a glimmer in their eye, I just want to be like Mary. Right? And, and, and I'll admit, I've maybe uttered those words a time or two myself. But listen, at the same time, I don't know how many people that I've heard call another believer a Martha in a negative way as if there was something broken inside of them. Now, if you're new to all this and you're not familiar with that kind of terminology, to call someone a Martha is to simply say that serving is more important to them than having intimacy with the Father. Right? It's this thing that 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 person, that Martha, is not as spiritually in tune as they could be. Right? So, listen, I I want you to know this morning that this... um, this mindset concerning this passage, you know, for me, uh, changed dramatically. But listen, that, that mindset for me, that once again, that view, that assumption, completely changed about six years ago. In other words, I, I no longer saw Martha that way, and I no longer saw Mary that way, and this is why. Uh, one day I was walking around my house, and you ever have those days where you're like just totally mind your own business? You're, you're not really uh, locked into anything, you know, you're just, you're just kind of in your, in your moment of peace, right? And, and I remember I was, I was walking in our basement. We were living in North Carolina at the time. And it was right before I went to go turn up the steps to go to our main floor. I, I heard out of nowhere, I heard God say, I never said Martha chose the wrong thing. 
Now listen, I have never thought about that a day of my life. And honestly, that, that, that statement, I've, I, I never said that Martha chose the wrong thing, stopped me dead in my tracks. I knew it was God talking to me. And, and after that day, I, I noticed a few things. And, and hopefully this will make sense to you. But, but uh, look at Luke ten thirty nine with me. It says this. It says, And she, Martha, had a sister called Mary, who also, somebody say also, sat at the feet of Jesus, right, and heard his word. Who is to say that that also doesn't mean that Martha was there at one point, right? Now, if, if that's not good enough, look at verse 40. It says, But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So clearly that means at some point in the day, Mary had been serving alongside Martha, I'm making sense? So here's the point that I believe God was trying to make six years ago. Rather than you and I seeing Martha and Mary as two completely different approaches to our relationship with God as if one is better than the other because that's the way we like to dress it up. That's the way we like to act, right? It's this, that we should see the two of them as the perfect model of, keyword balance. Watch this. After all, I want you to notice something. Uh, notice Jesus didn't get on to Martha for serving, he simply said this, that she was distracted with much serving. In other words, he said this, sister girl, you, you're out of balance. Are you all hearing me today? See, balance simply means this. We'll throw it up on the screen. But balance means uh, equal importance or value. Equal importance or value between two things. So watch this. From this moment with God in my basement in North Carolina, I realized something. I realized that God not only wants us as believers to be like Mary, right? People who worship him, people who love him, people who, uh, you know, once again, love his presence and, and people that value his teachings enough to come and sit at his feet. But he also wants us to be like Martha. He wants us to learn how to serve and he wants us to learn how to get the mission done. Yes, and because watch this, because together the two, right, make up a complete picture of what our lives should look like as believers. So think about this for a moment. In this room, we have some worshipers, like people that are really, like, we're into worship, right? But, but think about this. If all we do is sit at Jesus' feet, nothing will ever get done. Right? And then in this room, we have some people, man, that, that you wouldn't know worship if it hits you in the face, but you sure can serve. Right? You know how to work. And, and the thing is there is, but if all we do is work, what happens is, is we will wear ourselves out and we'll lack the necessary anointing and direction from the Holy Spirit, right, that comes from being with him and hearing his voice, right? It's called burnout. It's called we get upset with church and we leave because they don't understand. No, 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 no. You don't understand. Go be with Jesus. Right? See, there's this thing that, and all in all, all I'm saying is this, is that he simply wants balance in our lives. Right? There's this cyclical approach. It's called this. Come be with me, now go. Come be with me, now go. Come be with me, now go. Yes? There's something about, once again, that, man, I just love being with Jesus. Worship should be home to us. Yes? His presence should be home to us. We should love to lift our voice, raise our hands, worship Jesus. Why? Because it's biblical and it's right, and we're thankful for what he's done with us or for us. But, but once again, we should be so thankful for what he's done for us that we can't keep it silent. Right? There is no such thing as that's my personal walk with God and it's just my own business. Wrong. Not biblical. Right? All right, so watch this. Um, the reason I'm saying all that. Is because obviously the implications of this truth, that's kind of intro, 
Obviously, the implications of this truth go way beyond just Martha and Mary's story, right? It's, it's this truth is applicable to every area of our walk with God. So what I want to do is shift gears and tell you something I've been thinking about this week. And, and just hang in there with me, all right? Um, here's what I kept thinking about the other day. Uh, this simple statement, that the kingdom of God intentionally produces attention in our lives for the purpose of spiritual health and balance. We'll say it again, that the kingdom of God intentionally produces a tension. Somebody say tension. In our lives for the purpose of spiritual health and balance. Now, by tension, I don't, I don't mean this, that God causes anxiety and stress. That's not what I mean. What, what I'm saying is, is this, is that there's two seemingly opposing, two seemingly opposing thoughts, opposing teachings that bring about balance in our lives. It, you know, if it, if it helps, imagine this. Imagine a tightrope that needs to be anchored in two different locations, right, to create enough tension for a person to find their balance. Yes? So let me give you a few biblical examples, and there's a whole lot, but I just want us to think, okay? So, so listen on one side. Imagine if there's an anchor here, theological doctrinal anchor, And over there, there's another theological doctrinal anchor. Watch this. On one side, guess what? There's grace. On the other side, it's anchored into truth, right? On one side, the anchor is faith. On the other side, it's works. On one side, it's love. And then we got holiness, right? Once again, I know this is a lot, but I want you to think that it's mercy. Over there, it's anchored justice. It's spirit. It's word, right? It's freedom, it's order, it's rest, it's work, it's submission, it's authority, it's serving, it's leading, it's my calling, but it's my character, it's humility, but it's confidence, it's victory, and it's suffering, it's forgiveness, it's discipline, it's fruit of the Spirit, it's gifts of the Spirit, it's my free will, but the sovereignty of God. It's, it's what? The individual walk, but also over there is the corporate body called the church, right? And then it's called this the family of God, but then there's this army of God, <laughs> only to say a few, right? Listen, th- these what would appear to be opposing ideas, opposing teachings are actually by God's designment to keep us balanced, Listen, another way of saying this is that this tension, this tightrope, if you will, is God's way of keeping us anchored into a firm foundation. Yeah? If you've, if you've been saved long enough, then you've seen people who don't have it. Right? Maybe you've experienced it yourself. But, but listen, let me show you a verse that simply says this is God's hope for you. The Bible says this in Song of Solomon. It says, it says the shining of your spirit shows how you have taken my truth, that how we have taken God's truth to become balanced and complete. That it's God's desire for you, once again, I know I'm repeating again and again, for you to be balanced. If you're with me, say, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, as much as we can all shake our heads and say, yeah, we know without a doubt, man, that's what God wants for us. The, the truth is, guys, is over the years I've found that it is human nature to give preference or to overemphasize one area of Scripture over another. Right? Especially this. Watch this. Especially for us, just hear me out, for us who have walked with the Lord for a while, and then what happens, we, we get bored kind of with it, and then we get a new revelation, and then that new revelation excites us so much we abandon everything else we knew. Or maybe it's this. 
is that is that maybe you're a new believer in here and and you you haven't really decided to go sold out for Jesus. You haven't really decided yet to go all in. So what you do is you you go like grocery store mentality. I, I like that. <laughs> Don't want that. I like that too much. I, I'll take that. Right? Truth. And we start picking and choosing. Or maybe it's this. Or maybe we've been walking for Jesus or with Jesus for a while. And we just found ourselves in a spiritual rut because we base everything with God off of our lack of experience. And we choose to not be open. Yes? Listen, whichever one it is, in those moments, what happens is, is we lose sight, once again, of the counterpart, and we begin to lean too far into one direction, causing the tightrope to lose its God-ordained tension, and it knocks us off balance. We fall on our face of some sort, right? So let me give you an example, and this is a lot, but, but what, I, what I don't want to do today is I don't want to rush through this and, and us not be able to own something. Right, so so I'm going to give you. I wish if I was teaching the college class today, we would walk the dog and all of that. But we don't have time, so I'm going to give you like six. All right, that may be like twelve. All right, here we go. So watch this. For example, let's say we we lean too far into holiness. Right, we've talked about that a lot around here. When this happens, we become what? We become legalistic, judgmental, critical, and self righteous. We've all ran into those people. Right, And just let me say this today, if something inside of you uh, got upset with me for saying that, or if you try to justify immediately in your head of why that's not the case, that's probably a good indicator you're leaning too far. Right? So watch this. But on the other side, if you're here today and you're leaning way too much towards love, what happens is you begin to make excuses for sin. You can become too passive towards sin. Right? Oh, whatever. Whatever. God loves you. Whatever. Whatever. God wants perfect balance. Yes? So listen to this. Uh, let's say we're here today and we, we're leaning too heavy into a works mentality. What, what happens is when you lean too far into works, you begin to have the tendency to become performance oriented. And, and why? Because we perform for God all in the hopes that we would get his favor and his blessing in our lives. It, that's that's fear-based. Right? And what happens is if we, if we do this, just for a second, just think about this. If we lean too far into faith, we just go, well, I don't ever have to do anything. God's got it all under control. Yeah? So, listen, we need to remember today what good old brother James told us. He said that faith without works is dead. Balance. Faith without works is dead. And also to add to that, listen, the Bible says that faith works by love. So here's the thing that really brings us balanced in this area is we say this. We, we have to check our heart, check our motivation. Am what I'm doing right now for God or for someone else, is it based off of love? If it's based off of love, you got balance. All right? The next thing, what about this? What if we've talked about this a whole lot around here? That if, that if we lean too far into grace... Right? Then what happens is we tend to make excuses for people's poor decisions and we refuse to hold them accountable. That's not biblical. Yeah? Or what happens if we lean too far into the truth, bless God? Then what happens is we become impatient with people and we cut them off because they aren't growing fast as we think they should and because they don't agree with us. Right? Once again, watch this. God desires. Balance. And we got to remember that Jesus came to bring or reveal grace and truth, right? What about this? What if we lean too heavy into God's sovereignty? Then what happens is, is that we'll rarely, if ever, take personal responsibility for the role that we should be playing in God's master plan. 
Yes, but if we lean too far into free will, what happens is, is that's really a lack of trust in God. We don't trust his plan. We become controlling and manipulative because we, we have this extreme effort that we're trying to produce certain results that we want. Right? We need balance. What about this? We're almost done here. There's some really good leaders in the room. So what happens if we lean too heavy into our ability and our calling to lead? Watch this. Then we'll be tempted to feel like we're always smarter, more perceptive, more experienced, and ultimately superior to those around us. Right? And watch what happens is this. Is it causes us uh, to lack the necessary humility that we need to come alongside, to come underneath others, to help push them up towards their God-given potential. But watch this. At the same time... There, you know, if all we ever see ourselves is just some lowly servant, right? Then what happens is, is we, if we lean too heavy towards that, then we will consistently lack the initiative and the courage to lead. And our lives will be littered with missed opportunities in the kingdom. Once again, I want to remind you today, just a thought here on this one, that, that Jesus himself is the ultimate servant leader. Balanced, right? Last one. Um, I, I love, and y'all have heard me preach it plenty, about being a son or daughter of God. We sang it this morning. But, but listen, if we lean too heavy into the family of God, right, and we get, we, we're just, that's, that's our world, then what happens is, is we, we feel good about ourselves and our sense of belonging, which we should have. But, but, but if we go too far into that, that, that will make us too comfortable and, uh, because of this, because our needs are being met, and then we become lazy concerning the mission that we should be involved in. Yes, in other words, it becomes very self-centered. Yes, it's all about me. Church becomes all about me. Worship becomes all about me. Prayer becomes all about me. Because why? Because I'm a son and I deserve it, bless God. Let me rephrase that, because I'm entitled to it. So watch this. But if we're one of those warriors, man, we lean hard into the army of God. I'm a good soldier, right? Then we got to make sure that we don't lose our tenderness and our vulnerability that helps us be a loving member of God's family. See, see the, the, God desires this kind of balance in us, that we would be healthy sons and healthy daughters because healthy sons and healthy daughters make great soldiers. Because why? Because they don't second-guess their father. He says, go, they go. Yeah? So listen, I know that's a lot, but once again, I, I, I don't want us to breeze through this. If I could go down that list... Man, Holy Ghost, talk to me, right? Where, where, where maybe, that, that maybe where, where, we, where do we lack in balance? Where are we lacking it? A, a lot of, can I, can, let me just say this. A lot of this will determine what kind of church you've been in the past 20, 30 years. Right? Because what happens is, is so often the churches we're involved in, they get, they get a revelation in a certain area, and there's a movement that starts, and then they build a foundation around it. And they build a, um, not a foundation, a denomination around it. And then that's the thing that they carry. That's the banner they carry, right? So, so watch this. Um, the reason this is so important is this, is because if we lack balance, there's negative effects to that. Have you ever lost your balance and fell? <laughs> yeah, all right. I won't tell them the story I'm thinking. So watch this. When, when, we begin to, when we begin to lean too heavily towards something, the negative effects, first one is this, and we'll just throw it up here. Uh, the first one is, is that we lose our influence. Watch this. Have you ever been around somebody that, that really totes the banner in a certain area? They walk in the room and immediately they divide it. Right? And they, and they can't, they can't uh, use their, their influence and the anointing and the calling on their life to be a blessing because immediately they just cause issues. 
right? How about this? It creates division. Why? Because it's us four and no more. It produces bitterness. Why? Because if, if you don't believe what I believe, bless God, I hate you. Come on, Christians. Right? Listen, it produces pride and self-righteousness because if you haven't experienced what I experienced, right? How about this? It, it creates a watchdog mentality. Have you ever met that one? They're mean. That, that bless God. I mean, they feel like they got to defend a revelation. They got to defend a stance. They got to defend a doctrine. How about this? It distorts your judgment because everything that you read is filtered through that now. Right? How about this? That, that it opens the door for deception and confusion. It, it weakens your convictions. It, it makes you closed-minded. And, and truthfully, here's a telltale. You're frustrated on the inside. And, and lastly, and this is probably the most important thing is this, is a lack of balance creates immaturity. Right? It makes you immature. We want to be well-rounded, yeah? Beyond just our waistline. Sin if you were awake. Watch this. I know that's kind of sobering, but, but I want you to think about something. This is, and this is positive here. Watch this. That, that if we realize it or not, it, it's because of those reasons we just read, that the moment that you and I are born again, the Holy Spirit begins to create, once again, this God-ordained tension inside of us to protect us from living below God's standard for our lives. Once again, remember that part of his role is to do what? Is to lead and guide us into all truth. That's balance. Right, And so that's why, if maybe this will connect with you, but that's why that even though you can feel uh, you know, confident, you can feel secure uh, you know, with your salvation with the Lord, at the same time, even though you feel all that peace with the Lord in that, you can still very, feel very unsettled on the inside. Because why? Because there's something pulling inside of you, causing you to grow or to want to be transformed. Once again, that's Him trying to bring us into balance. I'm here to tell you today, oh, listen, please, that will never stop. Because our natural tendency as humans is to get out of balance. So he's constantly pulling us to keep us in balance. Look at this verse here real quick. I've said a lot lately because I'm hoping you guys will grab it. Uh, Philippians 1.6 simply says this. And I am certain that God who began the good work within you, the one who put you on the tightrope in the first place, will continue his balancing work until it is finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. Yeah? All right, so watch this. Let me give you three things here real quick. There's a lot, but let me give you three things that are positive effects when you and I have balance in our lives. Number one is this. Balance produces freedom. Freedom. Who doesn't want to be free? Look on some of y'all's faces. Maybe you don't. Right? But who doesn't want to be free, right? And to understand that, guess what? Freedom is produced through balance. Look at the verse here. This is Jesus talking. It says, Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, once again, all should produce balance. You prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, it will release true freedom into your lives. Can I say something today that may sound hard? Thank you, Kyle. Appreciate it. <laughs> it's this. Everybody look at me, please. Here's the truth, and this is hard to swallow. Um, but, but listen, we are only, in this room, we are only as free as we really want to be. If you're bound by something, it's because you want to be bound by something. Right? And, and because why? Because he simply said it right there. <laughs> Either we believe the word or we don't. We can sit back and go, well, this seems greater than the blood of Jesus. It's greater than the resurrection. Or it's not. My Bible says it's not. The bottom line is, let's be honest, our flesh likes it. Yeah, so, so 
Once again, we're as free as we want to be, right? And that freedom there, everybody listen to me, please. Where it says true freedom, the word there in the Greek language is not talking about some freedom that you know. It's talking about freedom that you experience. Big difference, right? I, I, I could say I could say this, like Jimmy over here. Jimmy's a pretty buff dude. I like Jimmy. I, I could say, you know, if Jim hit me in the face, it would probably hurt. I know that. It would probably hurt. I've seen, this, I've seen those muscles, right? So... Um, watch this. How many guys know it would be different if Jim actually hauled off and punched me in the face? Then I could say, I've experienced the pain. <laughs> There's a big difference between knowing freedom and experiencing freedom. Yeah. Yes? Please don't ever do that to me. All right. I'm a small, fragile man. Anyway, so. But watch this. So often, if I can say it this way, so often in the church, man, we focus on what Jesus' death freed us from that we forget that his uh, that his death has freed us to things as well, right? So listen, that Jesus not only freed us from the bondage of sin, but he also freed us to walk in God's best for us. He freed us to walk in righteousness. He freed us to walk in healing. He freed us to walk in power. He freed us to walk in holiness. However you want to word it, he freed us to walk in love. Yeah? So instead of looking at it in this negative slant, go, man, this is what I get to do. That's a whole lot. That's freedom. Yeah. Number two, balance produces this, is it produces protection from the enemy. 1 Peter 5.8 simply says this, Be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. That enemy of yours, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, lion fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. In other words, what he's saying is this, is that if you actually know the Bible and you're in balance with the Bible, the Word of God, you've experienced the Bible, what happens is it's going to be a whole lot harder for the enemy to deceive you. Right? right? He protects us from deception. Number three, the third thing that balance produces, it produces maturity. It produces spiritual health and growth in our lives. It's kind of a lengthy verse, but I want to read it. Ephesians 4 says this. simply says this before, that Jesus uh, descended, right, came to earth, Right? And he ascended, and then he gave gifts to men. And it says this, And he gave some as apostles, and some prophets, and some evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, that's all of us, for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to do what? To become a mature man or woman of God. Amen? 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 It says, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness, balance, if you will, of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. That's protection, right? By the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. It says, but watch this, verse 15. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him. We've said that a lot lately. To grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ. It's this. Once again, not just, and we'll talk about it in a second, but not just like my, my two or three favorite things in the Bible. Or what I feel good at or what I feel called to. It's, it's simply this. You, you know, listen, if all you study is what you're called to, you'll never be imbalanced. Yes, it's just, okay, God, what, what, once again, what's all the aspects, what's the buffet that you want me to get a hold of, right? Don't let me just go to the dessert bar, right? So, listen, um, lastly, 
Let's look real quick at how we can develop and maintain balance in our lives. How we can develop it and how we can maintain balance in our lives. And I do want us to look at this like a balanced diet. If you, can, if you will, just, just think about it in a second. And this may be super cheesy. I'm not sure. But, but we all know what it's like that it's easy to, say, have a, um, you know, an abundance of a certain vitamin or certain mineral in our body, but to be depleted of something else. We all know it's like that we eat way too much of one food group and then we neglect others. Right? For me, I love sugar. Sweet tea is the drink of heaven, right? And so, and so uh, anyways, that doesn't give much room for other things, right? I like chocolate a whole lot, right? Um, you know, Candace, who came up a while ago, her mom's got a thing in the Miss Tava, y'all met her last week, in the kitchen says this I would quit eating chocolate, but I'm not a quitter. <laughs> That's how I feel about it, too. So, anyways. All right, but listen, if we want to develop and maintain balance in our lives, the first thing we got to do is we got to do this. We got to eat our vegetables. We got to eat our vegetables. And, and what I mean by that is Jesus said this in Matthew 4 4. It says, Jesus answered, It is written, Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Get that? Every word that comes from the mouth of God. In other words, we got to be willing to eat more of the cornbread and biscuit, y'all. Right, and I love a biscuit in Jesus' name. Right, l- l- listen. If we if we want a balanced diet, uh, once again, we we got to get in those verses. Watch this, because we can't. Let me maybe say it in a practical way. We can't just go to the portions of the Bible again and again and again that we like. Right, that make us feel good, or do this that I only go to the scriptures in the Bible that I understand. Right, we got to be willing to get in there. And go, okay, what's, what's this whole thing? What's the full counsel of God? What does he want me to get today? Right? Or, or even really, truthfully, this is what you should do. You should go, uh, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want to teach me in this season of life? And actually listen and then, okay, let me go do it. Right? Let me go study it out. And, uh, you, you know, for years, the only books I would read was books about revival. That's it. All that other stuff was boring. I love seeing moves of God, right? And I found out that, once again, if I was going to grow and if I was actually going to be a healthy pastor, there has to be more than revival. Because you can blow something up, but what do you do with people afterwards? (laughs) How do you care for them, right? How do you lead them? All those things. All right, number two. And I wish I could word this one better, but listen, when you gather your vegetables, in essence, you got to be able to prepare it. you got to be able to cook it. And what I mean by that is got to be willing to study it for yourself, if this is the only time you're hearing the word of God, you're out of balance, right? It, it, it's this, and I don't mean to be crude, uh, but, but listen, when, when a woman has a baby and, and if she chooses to breastfeed, how many of you guys know that if that kid's 20 years old and he's still breastfeeding, something might be a little unhealthy? <laughs> Mama has an attachment problem, right? So, um, <laughs> anyways... I won't say the things that are going through my mind right now. All right, anyways. So, so there, there comes a time when I mean this. This, this, is, a great, uh, this is a great milk setting. But if you want the meat of heaven, you got to go get it yourself. Right? you got to go study, and you got to hear from God. And if, you know, if all you're doing is depending on uh, a podcast, and you're depending on a sermon and a YouTube video, man, something's wrong because you're eating something that somebody else has already processed. Right? I'm not Mama Bird. All right, here we go. Second Timothy 2.15, for all of us, study. Somebody say study. And do your best to present yourself to God approved. Look, I don't know why I'm saying these things today. I have no clue. But, but I do know this. I walked with Jesus long enough 
I've repeated this enough in four years. That means somebody's not doing it. And I would bet that most of the church isn't. Right? So, so, so listen, if, if we would simply do this, most of our problems in our life would be eliminated like that. Because so much stuff, watch this, it's just self-inflicted. And we blame the devil, but it's self-inflicted. Preach, preacher. All right, here we go. Here's why we say the word. Watch this. i got to get done. Here we go. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, Every scripture. Somebody say every scripture. scripture. Has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. Ruah. It will empower you by its instruction and correction giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Notice it doesn't say that you've got to call the pastor to ask him. Verse 17, then you will be God's servant. Watch this, believe it or not, fully matured, healthy, right? And perfectly prepared to, to fulfill any assignment God gives you. Not, hey, pastor, I think we should do this. Well, you lead it. I can't lead it. He put it on your heart. Fully equipped. Fully mature. All right. Y'all just looking at me getting mad. Here we go. Number three. Number three. Look, if we, if we get those vegetables, right, we cook it, guess what? We got to do more than just chew it, man. We got to do this. Number three, we got to swallow it. What I mean by that, please listen to me. You got to apply it. If we would just apply what we already knew, we'd be champions. Right? Watch this, Hosea 4, 6. And I know you've heard this verse before, and it's been preached to you out of context. Here we go. It says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Anybody ever heard that? We're dumb. We don't get it, right? For a lack of knowledge. Watch this, because you have, watch this, rejected the truth. The word rejected there in the Hebrew language actually means because you have not applied the truth. So in essence, what Jesus is really saying is because this, you're not destroyed. Listen, once again, the time and age we live in, the Word of God is at the fingertip, right? It's just a push of a button. It's there. It's available. What he's saying is you're not destroyed from a lack of knowledge. You're destroyed from a lack of application. That do we apply what we know, right? Get this, James 1.22, and we're going to land this bird. It says, do not merely listen to the Word of God and so deceive yourself. So if this is it, We're deceiving ourselves, right? Do what it says. Do what it says. Listen, God's word cannot bring you into balance unless you do what it says. Right? In other words, how often in church have we done this? I know I'm kind of picking on y'all today. Watch this. I can tell my son, son, go brush your teeth. I just gave him knowledge. But unless he actually goes to the bathroom and brushes those nasty things, guess what? Those jokers are going to fall out. He's going to destroy his teeth. Right? So I can tell him all day long. All day long. Good intentions from love. Right? Giving the truth and love. But unless he applies the knowledge, if he has the wisdom to know what to do with it, right? Then guess what? It's not going to work for him. So what's not working for you today? What are we applying today? So let let me end on this thought. The goal around here is this. Everybody look at me, please. Is, is not to see how many people come through the door. We don't celebrate crowds. We celebrate health. Right? Are, are you hearing me? In other words, the, the, the goal is, is that, that people would come in 
Listen, I understand the church is in many ways like a hospital. But, but listen, if, if you've been 20 years and you're still a patient, something's not working. And you can't blame it on the church. Because why? Because you have a personal responsibility. Right? Yes? N- l- listen, do you guys realize nobody teaches me every week? <laughs> nobody preaches me? i got to go dig something. Right? Maybe I'm being mad. I'm being mean, right? I'm being mean. Let me get over here. I felt judged. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> totally joking. All right. So, so it's in this sense, guys. Look, look th- that the goal would be that however you come in, amen, you came in. Right, we love you. We're glad you're here. But but listen, the, the goal is that you begin to hear what's being taught, and you begin to apply what's being taught, and you begin to move to a healthy believer that's a good, healthy member of God's family. And now you can turn, you can help those new people that are coming in, right? And so that actually, that you're healthy enough that when you go to work, you don't end up like everybody else. You're a light. The Bible says, let your light shine before all men so they may praise your Father in heaven. And people can look in you and go, man, there's something different about them. Yeah. Right? There's something different. L- listen to this. I had somebody tell me this the other day. Part of it's sad, part of it's good. Okay? I was at, I was at uh, a certain establishment around here with my kids. Um, anyways, I was there one time. One time, and I basically uh, talked to a guy. I was just being me. Good old redneck from Alabama, right? Just loving on somebody, being nice, right? Didn't say one word about Jesus. I just being me. And um, and the next week, uh, something wasn't equipment wise wasn't fitting on my kid. And so they said, "Hey, wait and talk to so and so, and and he'll they'll give you some new equipment that'll actually work." I said, "Okay, cool." So I waited for them to do their thing, and and that uh, whatever. I, I said, "Hey, man, I need to get this." And we were walking, and he goes. Uh, Hey, I've been thinking about you this week. It's my second time around the guy. I've been thinking about you this week. What do you do for a living? I said, I'm a pastor. He goes, I thought so. He goes, because most people don't care about someone's goodwill as much as you did when you talked to me last week. Listen, it's that simple, guys. It's that simple. I didn't say, bless God, I'm a preacher. Hallelujah. Saved, sanctified, washed in the blood of the Lamb. Right, Jesus, right? Yes. Just be normal, right? Be normal and let Jesus move through you. But but listen, but it comes through being balanced. Not saying I got it all together. That's not what I mean by that. But there's something about when we get around people. People are uh, perceptive. They can tell when something's unhealthy. Anybody want to be balanced? Yeah. Amen. Stand to your feet, please. Martha left pieces of her mop up here. <laughs> I simply just want to pray for you. If you can, just do this. Look, it's good to have fun, but, but listen, what does Jesus want to say today? Yeah. Right? What, 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 what areas of your life are you out of balance? Where do you need to get balance? Where, what areas do has the Holy Spirit been tugging on yeah. and you've been ignoring? Okay, he's trying to help you. Yeah? So can I just pray for you real quick, and, and we'll dismiss you guys, and you guys can go eat some vegetables. Amen? All right. Yeah. Father, I thank you for every person that's here today. Lord, I thank you for their life. I thank you for the gift, God, that they are to just this generation. And, Father, I pray that today that they would see them uh, as that in Jesus' name. 
God, that they would see themselves as one who has, has value, one has worth, uh, one that has a calling and anointing on their lives. But, Lord, we just ask today, uh, just we invite the Holy Spirit to come and just talk to us today to show us if there's any area where maybe we're out of balance. And, uh, Father, you're so patient with us and you're so kind to us and you're so mercy-oriented. But, Lord, we're just asking today that that you would speak loud and you would speak clear. And, God, that you would give us some direction, God, uh, that when we leave this place today, we know we need to step it up in this area. We know we need to make some shifts and some priority changes in this area. So, Holy Spirit, we just ask, talk to us. Say what you want to say. Father, as you speak to us, I'm just asking because, you're, because you, you don't ever just leave us out to dry. So, Lord, I'm asking today, God, that you would give us a strategy of what even we need to do. What do we need to grow in? What do we need to develop in? Where do we need balance? Where do we need maturity? And, uh, Father, if we're, if we're here in this room today and we're in a ditch somewhere, if we have, um, man, literally got out, got out of line, got out of balance, God, dig us out by your mercy, please. Help us out. Father, I just uh, bless your people today, God, and I thank you, God, that you're moving in them, God, that they're, that they're uh, growing every day, every day, literally daily, God, just to be mature believers uh, that are healthy believers that walk with you and know you, God, that they'd have a balance of a Mary and Martha life, God, that they would learn to sit at your feet and worship you, but, Lord, they'd also know how to get the job done, God, with tenacity and with passion. So, Lord, we bless you and we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.